All right, let's get right into the Word of God, and uh, we're in a series right now through the summer, and it's entitled, Solomon Says, like Simon Says, but rather it's about the Proverbs of Solomon, and uh, we're looking at some of the big ideas out of the book of Proverbs. It's not a chapter by chapter, verse by verse, but by the time I get done with the message, I go through a lot of verses, and uh, I both apologize, and you're welcome. So... um, I think the book of Proverbs is a lot like, how many of you got a, a, one of these kind of critters right here? And when you're, in a, when you're in a big city or in a different place that you're not familiar with, uh, it's great to pull up maps. And you can figure it out and it will bring you, it's, it's connected to the GPS, the global positioning system. And so there's not any place that you go where you can't find that you need to get there pretty much. And... Uh, I think the book of Proverbs is a lot like GPS, God's providential system. And so you can, whenever whenever you go to the book of Proverbs, it's like pulling up maps. And it will direct you in the way that God would have you to go. Because the book of Proverbs really lays out, okay, there's this way, and then there's this way. Now, this way leads to life. This way leads to danger, death, bondage, shame, heartache, disappointment. But this way leads to life. And so Proverbs is really good about this idea of helping us to find our way through the various issues that we all face, practical things, big things, small things, uh, seemingly insignificant things, very important things, but all of them matter to our life. And so we've been looking at this, and today I want to talk about God's direction in your life or God's destiny in your life. And I want to, this is what Solomon will teach us today. Solomon says, your decisions determine your destiny. Your decisions determine your destiny. I want to talk about this today. And uh, I want to read, uh, just to kind of get us started, out of uh, a couple of different portions of Proverbs. First of all, I want to begin with Proverbs. Excuse me, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Everybody say paths. So he says, that's a, that's a key verse. Most of us know this, love this, beloved scripture. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Proverbs 14.2 says, Those who follow the right path fear the Lord. Those who take the wrong path despise him. Proverbs 15.24 says, The path of life leads upward for the wise. They leave the grave behind. I love that. The path of life leads upward. So looking at that word path or paths, about 30 different times in the book of Proverbs you will find that word interwoven throughout all of the Proverbs. And path speaks of a direction that you're going. Path is about, this is where I'm going. This is, this is the direction I'm headed in. And direction, the directions we take, have a lot to do with the decisions we make. If I'm going in that way, I'm deciding to go in that way. That's on me. That's what I'm doing. And so this inevitably leads to destiny. And this is what we're going to talk about today. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. And we, already, we thank you, Lord, that you already reminded us today by the power of your Holy Spirit that you make a way. You make a way where there doesn't seem to be any way. And we thank you for that 
promise, God. And I pray today that you would equip us with understanding from the truth of your word about the decisions we are making right now in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says, Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them, buckle up. Go ahead. Don't go anywhere. Stay, stay put. So I just want to remind everybody that everybody in the room has a destiny in Jesus. We call it purpose or destiny. You have a destiny in Christ. And our destiny of God in God uh, is God's intended purpose for our lives. God's purpose uh, is kind of like a combination of that calling of God upon our life, but also those passions that are within our heart. And so the mixture of God's calling and the passions that have been interwoven into us, those things, I think, point to the destiny that we have in Christ. And knowing that we have a destiny is in understanding that we are, in fact, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we would walk in them. God had you in mind, and he had a purpose for you, and he had a destiny for you, and he, and he had all of this written out for you, the, the ideas, the intentions, his highest purpose for you. That doesn't mean we always are on that road. It doesn't mean we always make the right decisions to get there, but God does have better things in store for us than what we settle with sometimes in our lives. And so... When we talk about destiny, please know that we're not talking about going to heaven. Heaven is your destination. Bringing heaven to earth, that's your destiny. That's what God, that's why you're here. That's why the Lord came, died, lived, rose again, and went to heaven and left you here. Because he has a destiny for your life. And he wants to work in you and through you until he comes back again. So every day that we live, we're making decisions that either move us closer to God's destiny or actually uh, move us away from it. We're either moving closer to God's destiny or we're drifting away from it. And there's no putting God's will for your life on hold. If we're not going forward, then we're going backward. Amen. You don't just put the things of God on hold. If I'm not going after the things of God, I'm going away from the things of God. And so God's, and so this is why decisions are so important. It's kind of like taking a flight. You can miss the flight. By the grace of God, he can, you can always catch another flight. Come on, that's good news, right? You can always catch another flight if you miss it, but who wants the hassle? Who wants the heartache? The next thing you know, you're driving down to Denver. It's terrible. No, it was great. The things we do for love. Decisions that you and I have, and the decisions that we make are the benchmarks that lead us to our destiny in Christ. Now listen, it doesn't matter how loud we shout about our destiny. If we're not making godly decisions, we're not going to get there. Decisions determine where you end up in life. It's, it's the critical need of the hour, and I believe is really the underlying purpose of the book of Proverbs is that we need to learn to monitor the decisions we're making day in and day out about all the things, whether you think they're big or little or small or significant or insignificant, they all matter to God. If it's in the book, it matters. And why does it matter? Because it's all about arriving to God's highest and best intentions for our life. John Maxwell said, it is our decisions, not our conditions, that determine the quality of our life. 
It's our decisions. In other words, let me say it this way. The quality of our decisions determines the quality of our life. Our life is the result of our choices. Amen. I'm going to keep preaching. I want to hear. Come on out there. Our life, the life that we have right now, is the result of the decisions that we are making. Others can influence. Others can hinder. But ultimately, it's our choices that determine where we're at right now. We can't blame our life on anybody else. We have to take responsibility. Amen. And so today I want to talk about decision making. And first of all, let's just take a couple of minutes and talk about decision making problems. There's a We have a problem when it comes to making decisions. Now, the Bible tells us that we are to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And why is that? Because even though we are saved and become a new creation in Christ Jesus, we are still prone to think and to operate out of an old mindset. So you can can get saved and you are well on your way to heaven, but... Unless there's a constant renewal of the way that I'm thinking, I'm still going to make decisions out of the old man. And I'm going to make choices based on old emotions and old experiences and old hurts and old wounds. So I have to constantly be renewed in the spirit of my mind so that I can turn from the old man decision-making process into the new man decision-making process. It's a problem for us. And so we have these problems in our, uh, most of us are still struggling to make good decisions consistently. Come on, anybody in the room ever made a terrible decision in your life? As a Christian. Come on, as a Christian. Now half the hands went up. Oh, you're not perfect. Amen. Amen. Most of us still struggle with, with making Good decisions, godly decisions, and here are some reasons why. First of all, we're overwhelmed with all the decisions that we constantly are having to make. I learned this last week that we make on, a, on, a, on the daily about 35 decision, 35,000 decisions every day. That's crazy. We think they're small, we think they're insignificant. Are they? Are they? We have to think about this. Cognitive scientists tell us that we suffer right now from, uh, from uh, decision-making fatigue. We're tired. So it goes something like this. We, we spend our most important hours, our, our spry hours, our, our better hours, let's say, at work. And we're making decisions about all kinds of things. By the time we get home, I don't want to make a decision about nothing. Shut up. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I've been making decisions all day. And so we're making decisions about things, let's say, related to work. But when I get home, where it concerns the most important people in my life, I got no time for it. Amen. This is a problem. Thirty-five thousand decisions a day. It's crazy, but we're doing this, and it creates a problem. And so, what happens to us is that we're reacting emotionally rather than responding logically to all of the decisions that are going on. And rather than thinking about it and responding out of the a new mindset, a renewed mind. We're still making decisions out of our emotions, how I feel, what it makes me feel, and how angry it makes me. Or you know, we it we got it all messed up. Here's another problem with decision making we suffer from: it's that we're afraid of making the wrong decisions. Can I say something? Indecision is a decision. 
Now, this, this one's me. I don't know what to do, so I think, don't do anything. I feel like that's the best thing to do. The best decision is, don't do anything. I'm not sure, should I preach this or should I preach that? I'll just put it off. And then Saturday night comes, and I'm like, God, where are you? He was like, you should have just decided. Amen. Greg Rochelle says to his leaders at his church, indecision is the enemy of progress. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We're afraid of making the wrong decision. And so we put pressure on ourselves to make the right decision. And, then, and, and if we don't make the right decision, we, we think this is going to define our life. We think that this is going to, like if I do the wrong thing, if I make the wrong decision, this is going to really screw things up. I'm going to really mess things up. And so we don't do anything. And it's a problem. Indecision is a decision. Well, I don't know what to do about this in my marriage. I don't know what to do about this in my finance. I guess I won't do anything. I'll just pretend like it's not a problem. That's a decision. And that creates ongoing problems. As I said, I do this in ministry. I always want, I always want a sign from God. You've got to give me a sign. And the reason why is because it goes like this for me. I want, the, I want the most godliest option. Now, I can have three options in front of me. None of them are a sin. But I'm, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, there's got to be one that God is going to be really happy with. Anybody think like I do sometimes? Like, none of them are wrong, but one is going to make him happier than all the others. And so that's where my brain goes. That's how I'm just, I'm just, talking, I'm just talking out loud about all my dysfunction here today. <laughs> because I'm so afraid if I pick the wrong one, I'm going to screw it up. And God is just, would you just make a decision? It's kind of like the children of Israel when they were leaving you ever read this? It's in Exodus chapter 14. They were leaving Egypt. God had delivered them out. They come. They're camped between two mountains, Red Sea in front of them. Now, and, the, and the Egyptian army coming up behind them. This is really kind of comical to me. And they're crying out to God. The Bible says they're crying out to God. Why have you done this to us? Why have you brought us out here only to kill us? And then Moses, is st- Moses stands up. He's like, look, hey, stand still. You're going to see the salvation of God. And then the next verse, God says to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to go forward. Well, there's a Red Sea. There's an ocean. There's an obstacle out there. But God was just like, just go forward already. Just move. Don't stand here and whine. Don't stand here and wonder. Make a decision. Go forward. Amen. Don't go backward. Don't go to the right or to the left. Go forward. Make a decision. I love that. God already. Amen. But we have a problem in decision making because not only are we overwhelmed with all the decisions we have to make, but we're afraid of making the wrong decision. So make a decision and go forward. Just do it. Amen. Are you with me out there? So those are some of the problems. Let's just talk about decision-making principles. Now, what I want to share here is I want to talk a little bit about this big idea of making a decision. Now, we, you have in the church world, you have the camps. You have the sovereignty of God camp, and you have, these are the, these are the extreme camps in the, in the kingdom of God. You have those who believe in the sovereignty of God, that God controls everything, that nothing happens outside of God's control. Then you have people over here that it's the sovereignty of man. It's only about what man does. God has nothing to do with it. And I want to say that there's a happy, there's a, there's a place right there in the middle where God is in control 
And God, God uh, wants things to happen a certain way, but not everything happens under his control. Not everything that bad that happens is what God intended. But God does superintend everything that happens. Are you with me out there? And so this, when it comes to decision making in our life, we have to understand this. God is sovereign. He does not intend everything that happens to happen, but he oversees it all. He can work through it all. He has a plan in spite of it all. Amen. And in his sovereignty, he has chosen to give you and I the choice, the capacity to think, to determine, to decide, to choose. And he wants you to do it. In fact, let me just line this out for you. Decision-making principles. First, we are, we are free to choose. You are free to choose. Amen. Every day, God gives us the freedom to make choices about what we think is best for our lives. He gives you the choice. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says, Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. You're making the choice. Oh, that you would choose life so that you... And your descendants might live. God says, I am calling you to make a choice. I'm giving you that freedom. I want you to step into that for your life, for your business, for your finances. I want you to make choices today. Choices that lead to life. That's what I want for you. I'm not just going to control your life. You're not going to be a robot to me. I'm not just going to tell you exactly everything and and make every decision for you. I want you to make some choices that come from me. Amen. That lead to life. So we are free to choose. But number two, we are free, we are not free to not choose. There's no middle ground. God doesn't leave us the option of not making a choice. Remember what Joshua said to the children of Israel after they moved into the promised land? They were already into the land of promise. And by chapter 24, Joshua stands up to them and he says to them, now you guys are not fully possessing all of the promised land. God has given this to you to possess. He wants you to have all that he intended you to have, but you're setting back right now and not going after it. And he said to them, he said, you need to choose this day whom you are going to serve. Are you going after God? Are you going after all the things that God has for you? Or are you going to go the other way? The choice is yours. The inheritance is before you, but you got to make a choice. You are not free To not choose. You have to. There's no middle ground here. You have to make a choice. Can't lay around and just kind of let life happen to you. Start making decisions about taking hold of all of God's inheritance for you. Amen. Are we okay out there? Jesus said it like this in Matthew 12, 30. He said, he who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Jesus says, are you with me? Then let's go. Because if you're not with me, then you're actually against me. If you're going where I'm going, then things are going to be well. But if you're not going, if, you're, if I'm not Lord, if I'm not, if I'm not your Lord, then you're not going to experience all the things that I have in store for you. Amen. You don't have an option to be irresponsible or unintentional about life. We are called into partnership with the Lord. 
We are called into partnership with him. Which means that he's Lord and I make decisions in his lordship. Amen. We are free to choose. We are not free not to choose. But here's another important principle about choices. We are not free to choose the consequences of our choices. Every choice has a consequence. Proverbs 22 verse 8 says, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. The obvious interpretation here is that if I sow to the flesh, then I'm going to reap the consequences of sowing to the flesh. If I sow to the things of the Spirit, then I'm going to experience in the long haul the consequences of sowing to the Spirit of life. It's clear, right? But we need to understand that every choice we make, every choice we make comes with consequences in life. And so that's the obvious interpretation. But let me give you another side of this. When I am sowing to the things of God, let's say sowing to the Spirit, choosing life, there are consequences in the short run with that choice that may be painful, that may not be comfortable, that may set me at odds with other people, in the long run, in the long run, it's good, it's life-giving, it's the best choice. But in the short term, because I'm choosing life, I may be experiencing rejection or persecution or loss in other ways. Because every, every choice, good or bad, comes with consequences. But we have to be willing to make the choice, even if it's uncomfortable. At the time. Amen. Does this make sense? So we, we have these choices we need to make. We don't want to make choices. We're tired of making choices. We're afraid of making the wrong choices. But listen, you have to make a choice. You don't have an option here. The choice is yours. And when you do, there are consequences that come with it. So, looking at that, let's come now to this idea of the decision-making process. I want to talk about how we make godly decisions in our life. And some of us here today might be in the, right now in the middle of trying to make a decision in our life. We're trying, some of us might be trying to choose a career path, or maybe changing a career that we have been presently in and moving into a different way. Some of us here might be uh, making a decision as to whether or not we're going to marry somebody. And I'll just say now, don't do it. No, I'm teasing. That's, no, I'm teasing. Some of us are making a decision right now. We're, we're maybe going to be planning a family or starting a business or there's some venture out there or maybe it's a, a decision about ministry. What do you do when you, when you have these decisions, big things or small things or whatever? What, how do you handle that? What do you do? I was reading a story about, it's, a, it's an old story about a Scottish woman who would travel the countryside and she would sell thread, buttons, and shoestrings. Now this, is, this tells you how old this story is. And when she would come to a crossroads as she was out traveling the countryside, selling these things she would come to a crossroads and her the way she would handle it like I don't know which way to go so she would throw a stick in the air and however the stick landed and wherever the stick pointed that's the way she would go so one day she was throwing a stick in the air and this guy was passing by and he saw her throw the stick in the air she looked at it she looked down the road and she picked it up again and threw it up again And he watched her as she did that about three or four times. And he said to her, lady, why are you 
constantly throwing the stick in the air. And she said, because the stick tells me to go down this road, but I want to go down that road. (laughs) And if you think about it, that's kind of how it is with us a lot of times. When it comes to decision-making, I don't know what to do, but you kind of know what you want to do. Are you with me out there? And you just keep throwing the stick in the air until it lands in the way you want it to go. I didn't really want to do that. Oh, yes, you did. You hung in there until you got your answer, what you wanted. And we've all done it. We have all done it. Even us Christians have done it. Amen. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. So he says, you got to think about it. Think about what you're doing and where you're going. It's not decision-making in the kingdom of God according to God's plan for your life is not just throw a stick in the air and it's a magical thing and it just falls in place. No, it's, it's going through the process. Where, how do I go down the road God wants me to go? What do I do in this, in this uh, particular situation in my life? And so I want to give us just three or four big ideas. I'm not exhausting this idea uh, by any stretch, but here's the process by which we can make decisions. Number one, Search the scriptures. Search the word of God. What does God's word have to say about the subject that you're trying to make a decision about? The key here concerning the word of God, the Bible, if you will, is, uh, is not about just getting a concordance out and trying to find the subject and, oh, there's the scripture because, you know, you can, how many of you know that when you read the Bible long enough, you find scriptures that kind of bump up against each other? And you got to figure out how to rightly divide the word of God. It's not about just getting a concordance out. It's about abiding in the word of God. And when you're reading God's word every day and you're searching out the scriptures every day of your life, you're going to be more understanding of God's will for your life. And you're going to be making decisions based out of the knowledge and understanding of abiding in God's word. See, a lot of the problems that we face in our lives our poor decisions, and many of those decisions come out of the fact that we don't know the truth about what God really wants. And so we're just randomly making choices, not based on the facts of God's word, but based on our feelings. Amen. And so this, there's no quick fix here. You have to get into the word. Here's what Solomon said. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, he says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. God breathed the word of God into existence. He put it in the form of a Bible so that you and I could hear the word, know the word, understand the word, learn the word, live the word. That's the way it works. Amen. Get into the Word of God. Get into God's Word. Last week when I was driving down to go get Julie, getting near Denver, she texted me the directions to Seth and Lizzie's house. Then I clicked on that, and there was the answer. Right there. And God's Bible is God's text messages to you and I. So that we can know how to get where we need to get. But if I don't open it up and apply myself to it, how am I going to know what God wants for my life? We need to get there. We need to go there. Amen? Search the scriptures. Then we need to pray about it. Good decisions are birthed out of an atmosphere of prayer. I said, good decisions are birthed out of an atmosphere of prayer. 
not a quick fix, oh God, help me now kind of prayer only, but a prayer closet kind of prayer where you're spending quality time and ample time in the courts of the Lord. And when you're in the presence of God and you're daily coming to him and saying, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Guide my steps. Take me where you want me to go. Show me the way. When you're constantly in communication with him daily, then daily as things arise, there's answers. Amen. Pray about it. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and are safe. So get in the prayer tower. Spend some time in the presence of God. And in that place, He will be a strength to you. He will bring safety to you by helping you to make the right decisions. The safest place to be is in the the place of prayer. James 1 and 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should what? Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So he said, if you don't know what to do, if you don't know the next move to make, be talking to the Lord about it. Ask him. Spend time in prayer. Go to God. Be with God. Not just in emergency places, and you can do that. And I'm thankful. Some of my best prayers are, help! (laughs) Right? You know what I'm talking about. But that daily being in the presence of God, in the strong tower, sets you up to hear what God, is, God has in store for you. Prayer is our lifeline to receiving God's answer for life's problems. The, the one who is prayerless is more open to self-deception and being driven by immediate emotional need than the one who's in prayer. Amen. Pray about it. Everybody say pray about it. Search the scriptures. Pray about it. Number three, seek the advice of godly counsel. Talk to God about it in one sense. But hey, you know how God can talk through anybody in your life. And so a person who is in a decision-making process, it's a good idea to find out what other people in our lives, godly people, and I would, I would emphasize godly people. I know that the Lord can speak through anybody. I understand that. But, but if you're looking for some answers, it would be good to talk to people who had the heart of God as well, I believe. In fact, this, uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 2, I... I want you to see this. It says, All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. What Solomon is saying there is, we all think we kind of know what's best. Ourselves. That's what he's saying. Like, I know what to do here. But the Lord knows really. He knows your heart better than you know your heart. Right? But then look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. He says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. So it's a good thing to go to people in our life that, you know, that are outside of my way of thinking and ask them. And the key here is to find people who are operating in the wisdom of God's word. Now, I I read something uh, about a year or two ago that said that This article said that we are the composite of the five people we spend the most time with. Think of the five people that you spend the most time with. That's kind of the makeup of who you are. So if 
you got one godly friend in your life and the rest aren't. That kind of says something about life for you. You guys, are you thinking about the five most... I'm I'm a composite of the five... These five people. Well, that can be really great if these five people have the heart of God or have your heart or have your interest. But what if they don't? What if that's not who they are? Then they're going to have an influence on my life and the way I operate and the way I think and the kind of choices I make. Amen. Seek out godly mentors for your life. And in the process, beware of finding the counsel you want to hear from people, which only validates what you already want to do anyway. Stop talking to people who, who are yes people in your life and people who will kind of step up to the plate and give you a different point of view on things. Amen. That's a good place to be. Because sometimes we, we already know what we're going to do. Like the rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, what must I do to enter into eternal life? I just want to know. Just tell me what I should do. Jesus said to him, well, for you, you should probably give away all that you have and give it to the poor. He hung his head and walked away. He already decided. I already know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do that. Right. Amen. And that's where some of us are when it comes to receiving counsel from others. So in this process of making decisions, godly decisions, stay in the word of God. Stay in the place of prayer because God will speak to you. He will show you the way and seek the advice of others. And then once we do this, search the word, pray it through, listen to others, listen to the godly people in your life. Then the final, this final idea that I want to share with us today is just make a decision and trust God. Just, just do it. Just make the decision and go for it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I want to read this to you again. Listen to it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will direct your path. The word trust means rely on God. Don't rely, don't lean on your own understanding, but lean on God. Know, acknowledge, know that God is there. God's with you. And He will direct your path. Come on, isn't that a great word? That just preaches all by itself. The Lord not only is with you, let me, let me just say this, God is for you. He's not against you. He's not me. He's not mad at you. He does want you to make good decisions for your life. But the key to that is to trust God with all your heart. Leaning not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct. And that word direct means he'll make it smooth. He'll clear the way. He'll show you the way to get where he intends you to be in your destiny. But it it requires that we trust him. Make a decision and trust God. Proverbs 16 and 3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Commit it to God. That word commit in the Hebrew language, literally means to roll over upon. So he says, here's what Solomon says. Make a decision in your life. Set out your course. Go after the things of God according to God's word. Make a decision. Go for it. Commit it over to God. Roll it over onto God and let him iron it all out. Amen. Make a decision. Trust God. Commit it to him. Say, okay, God, I know I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to do. And I'm just, so here I go. I'm going to step out. And as you step out, he'll take care of the rest. Trust him. Trust God. What does this mean to trust God? Trust God. Trust the Lord that he's going to remove all the hindrances that are in front of you. 
God is good at making a way where there seems to be no way. I don't know if this is the right way. Well, if you have a sense and you made a decision, then trust that God can remove anything that's in the way. I love this verse of scripture. It's found in Psalms 77, verse 19. It says, the psalmist said, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. I love that. They were looking at a sea. Nobody knew that God had a road down there. Sometimes we make a decision and we don't know. It, it, doesn't, it looks murky. It looks confusing. It looks like there's this hindrance there. But God says, go forward. And so we're going forward. Lo and behold, there's a road. Amen. Trust God. And as they stepped forward, he removed the hindrance. And he made a way. Trusting God means that he will recalculate all our missteps. I love this. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 says, If you go the wrong way, to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the right way, you should go this way. I love that. Anybody here ever went the wrong way? I'm sorry to keep bringing up GPS, but recalculating, recalculating. God's really good at that. Because I, I, I make a wrong turn sometimes. Then there's this voice that says, recalculating, <laughs> getting you back on track. The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. When I say decisions determine destiny, I don't, I don't mean to say that if you ever make a mistake, you blew it. I mean to say that if we ever continue on a pathway, we can miss God's plan for our life. But if we will allow him to recalculate and get us back on track and listen to him and obey him and go for it, we're going to get there. But not without you and I making decisions to get there. And then the process of God getting us back on track and recalculating our missteps, we need to learn to listen to God's voice and really pay attention to the voice of the Lord. People say all the time, well, there's a lot of people who say, well, I heard God. God told me this. God told me that. And then you'll talk to people and say, I never hear God. I don't ever hear God. I don't know if God talks to me. Well, I, wanna, I just want to throw something at you. God talks. The question is, are you listening? Because he does talk. And we need to hear him. We need to anticipate it. I remember the story of young Samuel when he was a little boy. He was in the, he was in the, in the temple. And uh, God called out to him. And you remember the story. Samuel, little Samuel got up. He thought Eli, the, the priest, was calling him. And he went into Eli's room. And he said, yeah, what, you called me. And he's like, no, I never called you. And it, this happened three times. Finally, Eli, who was not the brightest bulb in the box, said to, said to Samuel, he said, oh, you know what's happening? He said, God's calling you. He said, go back to your room, lie there, and when he calls again, you tell him, here I am, Lord, your servant is listening. And so he went back. And can you imagine what it was like for little Samuel to go back to his room? I bet he laid there with his eyes wide open like... What was he doing? He was anticipating hearing God's voice. He was expecting God to talk to him. And not only was he anticipating, but he was ready to do whatever the Lord said. I'm your servant. I'm listening. And so God, even if I make a wrong move in my life, Listen for the voice of the Lord and be ready to do what he tells you to do. And then 
also in this, we need to trust that God will reveal his will to us. That God will reveal it. He'll not only remove the obstacles and recalculate our missteps, but he will reveal his will. He will show us what he has in store for us. But we got to trust him. We got to make a decision. Sometimes it's like stepping out in faith. And when you step out in faith, the waters part. And you know there's the way. But you got to make a decision. You can't sit around and not make a decision. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to lift up every one of us in this room here today. God, I thank you for everyone that has come. Lord, I know that we are all in the process of making decisions every day of our lives. And Lord, there may be some in the room right now that are making some really big decisions. And maybe it's a decision, Lord, about should I do what I feel? Should I do what I want to do? Or should I, what does God want me to do? And I pray, God, that if it's a decision, whatever the decision is, God, that you will show them the way of life. God, because we know that our decisions can determine our destiny, one way or the other, for good or for bad. So, Lord, we just want to surrender to you today and say, God, have your way in our lives. Give us the wisdom of the Spirit. Help us to be in your word, to be in the place of prayer, to get, get around godly people in our lives who can speak life into us. And then just to go for it and trust that you will make a way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.